Hello and welcome everyone to the first ever official AFL Fantasy Fanatics round review. We are recording live after the completion of round one on Sunday the 19th of March. I am your host and AFL Fantasy Fanatic Tim Guest and joining me as always is the hardest working man in AFL Fantasy content creation, a legend of a bloke. Bailey Ergang, Bales, mate. What an opening round it was. There was carnage with some of the talked about picks going down, including your boy, Rory Laird. Overall, our primos were a bit flat, but the surprise was some big scores from our mid-price madness and a couple of rooks, mate. How are you feeling? How's the town team looking after round one? Uh, yeah, mate, a bit flat, a bit flat. Uh, <laughs> as, every, every, <laughs> yeah, as everyone knows, I'm... I'm a lad, I'm a lad boy around around the fantasy community, and, and yeah, a bit of a disappointing day. Uh, not just as a Crows fan and, and lad fan, but yeah, just, just a bit of a shambles, mate. I didn't get the Stuart or the Cherry um, bombs, but I sort of got the the lad bomb and, and a couple of others. So yeah, a bit bit flat, but um, we'll push on. <laughs> yeah, good stuff, mate. Good stuff. Well, I'm sure. Look, there's a lot of people out there that obviously would have got hit with carnage. Probably a few of us that. Uh, have identified some mistakes that we've made straight away. But uh, also joining us to go through the, the games today, we've also got Cameron Gibb. Cam's been playing bloody fantasy since he used to phone in your uh, phone in your trade, so he's got plenty of uh, experience to guide us through the games, mate. How are you? How's your team looking after round one? Yeah, mate, um, I, I could be flat as bales, but um, still ticking along here. It's only round one, and as uh, our old mate Maria always tells us, it, it, it's, it's a build over the season. Doesn't all go in round one. Yeah, exactly right. So it's uh, it's not all over. Probably a good uh, good point to remember for all the coaches out there. Um, also, just a quick note, we do have a couple of other coaches that were meant to join us, but we're having a couple of technical issues with Twitter space, so hopefully they can join us soon. But I think, mate, we got to kick it off. we got uh, nine games of footy to get into. So, uh, mate, what a way to start the, uh, the season. Obviously, the Richmond and Carlton game Thursday night. Way to finish with a, with a draw. Few big uh, fantasy relevant players, Bales. Why don't you start off by uh, walking us through uh, walk, walking us through that game? Yeah, mate. So uh, obviously we've the the big the big two is obviously Timmy Taranto looked, looked very impressive with his 123 points. It would have been uh, good to have him VC, but uh, that's okay. Had a Doherty VC, which was nice. So uh, he obviously got the 110, and and probably good, we'll obviously go into him later. But good thing I did take the 110 as as a VC, because it could have been a lot worse. And you think I was flat now. If if I didn't take Doc VC, let's just say I might not have appeared tonight. So, um, so yeah. But uh, then other some other scores from that game as well, some just some impressive guys from there. Um, you had, uh, like, Nank, if anyone went a bit of a different ruck there, he, he did pretty well. Danny Rioli played well also. Um, and then it was just probably the other, obviously, big one was that uh, those two rookies were a bit quiet in... Uh, Ollie Hollands with only a 44 and a Lockie Cowan. So did either of you boys have either of those two rookies on field? Oh, yeah, I had Lockie, uh, I had Cowan on field. So a uh, bit of a disappointing 35, but, you know, I don't, I don't think I bled too many points. Yeah, thankfully I was yeah. able to avoid both of those guys, but uh, I got hit with a Chester down the track. Yeah, and I'm the exact same. I had Chester over, over um, Cowan, which, which sucked a little bit, but... Um, but it is what it is. I thought I gained a point, but then I lost uh, three points uh, after a little bit of a late score update for Chesser. But um, yeah, anything else that you boys noticed from from this game? Because it wasn't too many fantasy res- relevant players in this one. But um, any any other notes from this game? Oh look, I mean, I think probably the, the first thing is that obviously we're all worried about Taranto not being able to score in the preseason with um, you know the Richmond game style. But I think we don't have any concerns about that anymore. I mean, he smashed it out on a Thursday night at the MCG. 
Um, I mean, uh, um, apart from that, I mean, Hopper, you know, just did what Hopper always does. Dusty did basically what Dusty's been doing for the last year or two, so nothing to watch there. Chera didn't pop either. I know a couple of people were, you know, maybe in draft or, uh, or around that kind of um, Tommy Green price. We're looking at Chera, so he, he didn't really do much there either. Um, so, yeah, apart from that, not, not a huge amount to come out of that. Apart from, Cam, did you ha- take the – did you have Doc as your VC? Is Doc in your uh, yeah, I had Doc as my VC, but I had no one to loop him with. So um, I was a full green dot situation. But I did pick up a couple of blokes to keep an eye on, um, especially with the role that they're playing. So Shy Bolton, did you know he attended 11 CBAs? And normally his scores are created from scoring multiple goals, but he only got one goal out of that 88 score. So um, with his movement through through the midfield, he's definitely worth keeping an eye on. And shoot me now, but Daniel Rioli, how good did he look off a half-back flank? Um, he, his link-up play was huge for them, and, and he'll never see any attention or anything like that. So he's definitely one to get on the radar. And we have seen that half-back role in the past go uh, quite big with, um, um, oh, my God, I can't uh, forget his bloody name now. Who am Wait, I talking about? The uh, No, 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 from a couple of years ago. Um, Basher Hawley. Basher Hawley. Um, so, yeah, so, and, I mean, of course, Jaden Short has obviously done well in the backs there as well. So, uh, you know, we did see a bit of movement from him last year. Calvin, I think, was on him um, pretty big with, I'm not sure if it was in Classic, but maybe in Draft. So, yeah, maybe he's one to watch. Anything else to talk about from that game, boys? I don't think so. I think that's pretty much it. There wasn't wasn't too much going on besides probably the two rookies and and really Taranto, Doherty were obviously they're probably the main four. But I don't think too much else besides. I think I think uh, we can go to the next game. Awesome. Let's move on. So moving on to our Friday night, Geelong and Collingwood. Oh my god! I mean, the one thing that I noticed just watching this game is Collingwood's run. I mean, they were just streaming through the ground nonstop, and just obviously uh, overran Geelong. Um, you know, once again, um, Geelong, probably not a huge amount to, uh, of relevant players. I mean, uh, your boy, Tanner Bruin, did you end up putting him in your side? Bales, Tanner Bruin? I mean, he had a good first half, but then I think Chris Scott sent him out to the wing for the second half. Is that right? Yeah, I did end up going with uh, Tanner Bruin uh, on the Twitter space on Friday when we were just when we were speaking with the ball boys, Mitch and Luke and, and James and, and yourself. We were talking about Bruin and we were a bit worried that Parfit being the sub and and no Bows, no Duncan. Like many guys have a little bit longer term, but a few of those guys to come back, I thought maybe Brun could potentially be that guy that's used as a sub. So I faded him with about an hour to go. And, and yeah, let's say at half time, I was sort of thinking, yeah, I should have trusted my gut and, and kept him, but end up only getting a 65. But that wasn't down to just him not scoring. That was down to, I, I didn't understand why Chris Scott took him out of the midfield because he was playing very well. He had an impact on the game and, and, yeah, coach were laughing with him. And then all of a sudden it turned out that only 20 points a second half with a 65. So it's sort of that, is that what John's going to do now when, they, when they're when they a bit under pressure in a game? Are they just going to chuck out your, your Holmes and your Bruins and put in your Guthries and Dangerfields and Atkins all the time? Because, yeah, because they're not going to develop these young guys. They keep um, chucking these younger guys out. So, so yeah, no, well, I didn't have them. Yeah, go on, mate. Sorry. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say I didn't have them. That was it. Yeah, great. Um, obviously, big injury to Tommy Stewart there. Um, I'm not sure what it was. The knee, some form of knee. Is that? Is yeah, that MCL. So he MCL. So Mitch Cleary said uh, earlier today that he will miss probably three to four weeks. Could be could be a little bit longer, but probably around that three to four week mark. So it's obviously a a forced trade for that what fourteen and a half percent of coaches that 
they had him in their team, which you don't want an injury two games into the into the season, which puts you on the back foot. Oh, it certainly doesn't, especially after um, we had the issues with Yo. There would have been probably a lot of coaches that would have moved up to someone like a Stewart, uh, you know, based on uh, him being under price from last year. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, turning uh, to the pies, um, turns out the biggest overthink of the season was Nick Dacos scoring 114 points off that halfback. Um, how did you see his game bars? Oh, uh, it, it was very, very good. Like, obviously, that I just want to say before I talk how good Nick Dacos was that people thinking about bringing him in this week, I would temper my expectations about what you think he was scored this week, and I'd prefer to wait one more week. And I say that because he's up against Port Adelaide at um, – I, I think it's at the MCG. I don't think it's Adelaide Oval. Um, but Port Adelaide won the most restrictive teams for defenders to score against, and he's probably going to attack, attract attention from Willem Drew. So I would just put that in the back of my mind when bringing him in. If you are going to bring him in, just maybe think that he might not score well. But in terms of how he played the other night, he's he's, he's just a jet, isn't he? Like, I – I saw him, what, 30 metres away from Darcy Moore. He ran 15 metres behind Darcy Moore and tried getting a plus six. Then he ran 70 metres about 15 seconds later just to get a plus six. And he did that all night. What, he had 35 touches with seven marks. So he's definitely, we, as you said, we're overthinking him. I think he's definitely going to be that guy that can that can push that 95-100 mark if, if he escapes attention um, and can and can rack up those scores. Awesome, mate. Another one that uh, should maybe be on some people's uh, radars, if not already, is Jordan Goey, mate. Priced at seven hundred thousand uh, dollars, had a one thirteen and had twenty seven of the uh, possible thirty five CBAs. So, very high CBA uh, uh, rotation there. Yeah, Zave's boy. I hope. I hope we don't know if Zave did start with him, but I hope he did. Uh, yeah, one thirteen. I still worry with this Pies game style, like we we saw on the on. Uh, Friday night that it just wasn't that. Obviously, Pendles, Dagoe, Dacos and John Noble scored 100. But then you had, what, Dacos at 91, Tom Mitchell 84. Then you had a lot of 80s and, and 70s from their players. So it did show that I think no matter really who, um, but maybe besides Dacos, probably the only one really you're going to consider. But I think the other ones are going to be quite up and down in terms of scoring. So how did you see Tom Mitchell's game, um, Tim? Uh, yeah, look, I mean, I think he did exactly what we kind of expected him to do after those last couple of weeks of the, the preseason. Um, you know, certainly in and under. I think he had, well, he had 26, only one less than Jordan Ngoi, so pretty high for mid, uh, midfield rotation. But um, but with that game style, it's just limited to scoring. Cam, how had you see? Uh, well, actually, I want to ask whether you had Dacos. Yeah, mate. mate, of course I did. Of course I did. And Good job. Good job. But the big... Oh, mate, what a player. The surprise was the zero CBAs for him. They cracked on about this uh, midfield game that he was going to be taking into this year and zero CBAs for, for Nick Dacos, but didn't didn't need him there, don't really want him there. We want him down back getting those cheapies. Um, as, as you mentioned, the goalie elite. Pendlebury's just ageless, isn't he? And and there's none of, none of this half-back role for him. He still had 23 CBAs, so he's, he's still right in there. And... and I don't know whether you guys remember it because Friday night was a long time ago now, but there was one point where he just handballed over his head and just hit someone straight on the tip running by. It's He's just so good at that. He's been doing it for such a long time. I think the biggest thing is just how hungry he is. I mean, you know, I talked about Young during the preseason not being hungry enough, although he scored pretty well. We'll, we'll talk about him when he gets to that game. But, I mean, Dacos, I mean, even Jepper, I think, was uh, tweeting about 
you know, you'd see him run 40 metres just to get, you know, some cheap little kick. Like, uh, he just wants the ball in his hands in every opportunity. Um, so, so you know, he's. Uh, I think he certainly offers a lot of upside. It's just going to be about how many coaches clamp down on him. Yep. Um, Darcy Cameron. Looks like uh, we were right to be worried about his role. Uh, only 75. Um, Mason Cox, actually. Let's have a look. Mason. So Mason Cox took uh, 15 of the CBAs. Darcy Cameron took 24. So, um, so look, definitely Cameron's got that bigger split, but you know, maybe it just wasn't a game, uh, his game. Yeah, and that's right. Yeah, I just don't think that – I think there'd be too much of a split. I think if Darcy, Darcy Cameron was to be solo ruck, that would be a lot more interesting. But I think that they do really like what Mason Cox – provides the team. So I unfortunately don't think, barring an injury, um, we'll be seeing um, Darcy Cameron solo uh, this season, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a shame because he did hit a couple of stat lines, getting getting four marks and two tackles. But the thing that he, he got the boost up with last season was he was able to go forward and actually kick some goals. But, yeah, just the one behind on Friday. So that, that kept him down to just 75, which is sort of whereabouts we sort of expected him, I reckon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think that we were all hoping he could get to that 90, even with Mason Cox. Uh, and a few people did fade him after that preseason game. But I was sort of sitting here hoping, can he push that, that 90 mark even with Mason Cox? But it looks like he might just be falling short. So I think we had a few other rucks go big as well this weekend. So I think we, we were stressing about R2, but uh, we, I think we've got a few options to put their hand up this week. That's for sure. Well, it turned out my R2 was the one to worry about, uh, but it wasn't the uh, the one that most people think. <laughs> yeah, and we'll discuss them, I'm sure, when we get to those games as well. All right. Well, moving along to a game I probably should have nothing to do with when it comes to reviewing is the North Melbourne and West Coast game. I see these games very uh, one-eyed. But, um, uh, look, I mean, we can talk about, obviously, the star of the show was the cheese, the Harry Cheesel with his big 118, probably overshadowing... Uh, uh, Ruben Jinby, who also had a 92, which was a fantastic debut from a uh, uh, from a draftee. Um, but there was a couple other players I really paid attention to in this game. Bash, you want to kind of walk us through a few? Yeah, the, oh, just just the cheese. Like he's when I saw him lining up at half back, automatically in my head at the game, I'm like, can he do? Could he do a Nick Dacos like year at half back? And after one game, he he certainly looks like he could. Maybe not. It might not be as good as Dacos, but he can certainly put up put up a seventy five plus average based on what we saw on the weekend. Again, tougher opposition is going to come, and it's going to be a bit more difficult for him. But thirty four disposals and nine marks in your very first game, I think it's top five uh, since re- stats have been recorded for disposal rec- uh, in a first game. So, yeah, he was fantastic. And the one that me and you spoke about Tim last night on the watch along was Jack Zebel one oh nine. Like, oh, yeah. That, he's, what, 5.37? He's probably going to go up maybe 15, 15, 20K, something like that. What, his break-even was 61? So you go up, like, maybe, yeah, 15, 20K. But is he a guy that you're you're looking at? Well, let me talk to you about another player that came from this game, which is definitely um, on my watch list for a different reason. But Dom Sheed, been, uh, you know, friend of the show, been uh, on the show, obviously, in the preseason, uh, you know, been locked in my side since, basically... The game opened. Um, I yeah, I was very disappointed with the way the West Coast Eagles look, um, and uh, he didn't look really any different from the rest of the team. I mean, he's priced at what is he five? Uh, 
uh, 5.91. He met his break even. He's going to go up a little bit, maybe up to around about 600. Um, but then you got Jack Siebel, and I've got, you know, a bit that weak kind of uh, that thin back line that we talked about um, before lockout. Uh, I, I'm thinking that I might make a little bit of a sideways slide to Jack Siebel because that Clarkson football seems to be happening, and um, you'd think North are going to be possessing the ball a lot in their defensive line, and um, he seems to be the quarterback down there. Yeah, I think with with Dom Sheed, I th- it'd be interesting to see what the other pods say during the week. So I'm interested to see what everyone else's thoughts. But my thoughts are, I think we should still hold for, for one more week and see how he goes because the first half he got a bit unlucky with a few, like a few teammates burned him and, and sort of a teammate might have missed, missed him with a kick and whatever. And I think just didn't go his way. But the sec- And he looked a bit slow as well to go along with that. But the second half, I think he started to get more in a bit of his groove, laid a few tackles, got some free kicks and got more of the so he, ball. So I think that... Yeah. He, he did have a 26-point fourth quarter, but let's also not forget he was playing the Kangaroos. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I'm intri- I'm intrigued to see, because the thing is, I don't think there are going to be many coaches out there, unfortunately, they're going to be able to move him this week, even if they wanted to, with, with a few bullets going around the place. But... I don't know. Yeah, just be interesting to see what everyone else says. But I think that maybe you can maybe go one more week and see what she does because the role was there. That was what we were looking for, and he was the number one CBA player for the Eagles, including Ruckman as well, which was which was positive to see. Yeah, so uh, probably a couple other players worth talking about. Uh, LDU scored a one hundred and eight. He's in my side. Uh, Cam is he in yours? Nah, or? mate. Unfortunately, I missed the LDU train. I had him last year when he when he went on that good run, but I mean he did look good out there. But uh, he still doesn't. Doesn't see much outside, but yeah, in and amongst it, and a bit handball happy for my liking with the with the twenty handballs. But he, he gets in and likes to cuddle as well with his five tackles. But I think you've shined over Jinby a bit. That that twelve tackle game, that's that's a pretty impressive effort for for his first game. And um, what a beast, mate! He's got definitely got the uh, the body of a um, oh, he's got the body of a 25, 26 year old, you know. Yeah. Fully seasoned footy player, yeah, able to get in the, in those CBAs, and and he didn't he didn't look like he he wasn't shying away at all. So he was definitely looking like he should be there. So he was very impressive. Uh, I'm just going to have a quick look at his CBAs. I think there's one bloke that uh, people probably probably might shine over for this game, and that's the sub for Kangaroos, Will Phillips. He only scored 46, but he only had 53 percent time on ground. So. If you are looking for a downgrade, and they do, they do give him a full game. He did, he did get in for nine CBAs as well. So he's he's not one to, to shy away from if you're looking for a downgrade target. I'm just having a look at what he had. Yeah, so he had 53% time on ground. So 40. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's good scoring from 53% time on ground. So look, he was actually one on my bit of a watch for me as well. Um, you know, if you can bring him in onto that um, that bench, he's uh, it looks like he's going to be a, a good cash cow. Yep. Speaking of cash cows, Chesser thirty two limited time on ground, only sixty nine percent. Looks like we're probably going to want to sit him on the bench until he's getting full game time. Um, Noah Long, um, not sure what his time on ground was, but obviously he was playing a deep forward role uh, with a thirty eight. I don't think we expect. Probably expected much more from him anyway. But, 60, um, 67% time on ground for Noah Long. But Charlie Combin. Pay yeah, attention I, to Charlie Combin at I, all? I, I th- Rookie priced. I'm, I'm not um, interested just because he played number one ruck pretty much from, from 10 minutes into the game for the rest of the game. So he was able to get her up the ground and 
and get those hitouts. He got twelve hitouts and was able to get a few lay a few tackles and a few marks. But I'll just I, Goldie will come back in next week because it looks like Cherry's going to be out for for a decent amount of time. So I would I wouldn't worry about Common because he is a little bit more. He's what two fifty nine um, in terms of price. So um, yeah, I, I'd probably pass on him. I think. Yeah, something to take okay, away cool. from those two West Coast rookies you mentioned is Chester got a donut in the last quarter and Noah Long actually doubled his score in the last quarter. So he actually came to the floor when, when the Eagles needed it when they were trying to surge and kick the snag as well. And Chester must have been on the bench or, or hiding away on the wing. Yeah, zero points, one tackle and one... Oh, no, he said plus one tackle, minus one tackle. So it must have been just been a score adjustment. Yeah, and well, the other guy that I'm I'm a bit worried about as well was uh, was Tom Power. So he was the guy that I jumped on in my F five, and he looked very very impressive every time he got the ball. He did really well, but the big flag for me was that the roll wasn't there, which I was hoping was. Uh, he only had the five CBAs. Will Phillips had more CBAs, and he played one less quarter. So it just concerned me a bit that they were prior. Like even like Greenwood had a few, like a few CBAs at the beginning of the game as as a midfielder and. And like Zerhar, and they were trying to put a few guys through there. So I think if you're an owner of Tom Power, he did score a 73, which doesn't look that too bad on paper. But um, I'm a little bit concerned of the role. I don't know what you guys think, but yeah, it concerns me a little bit. Yeah, look, I think we could probably put um, Cunnington into that that boat as well. You know, yep. there's some preseason interest, but I think we can see that that's going nowhere. Um, I think there may have been a couple of people that jumped on Jaden Hunt as well at that last minute with um, the Yo issue, but uh, you know I think uh, that was a, you know quite clearly a fail as well. So you know bad luck for those coaches that made those calls. Lucky it's round one; we got time to make some changes. Yeah, exactly right. All right, let's move along into the next game: um, Port Adelaide versus Brisbane. I only saw half of this game, um, but um, it's a bit of a disappointing game for me because I did not go with the. Uh, um, Doherty VC for some reason um, I'm going to blame Shuckers actually Shuckers uh, was talking on Friday <laughs> afternoon and, and uh, tried to con- well he didn't convince anyone he just said that he thought Dunkley was going way more than uh, the 110 and I, that was enough to convince me and but uh, that that didn't work out well. And, I mean, look, just as a bit of a comment on that game, I mean, I only saw the second half of that game. But um, I'm actually – I've got some considerable concerns for Dunkley. I mean, the whole Brisbane outfit looked um, not like a cohesive unit. I remember seeing one point um, – Gunston, I saw him yelling at one of his teammates. Um, that midfield mix, I mean, Ashcroft, I think, you know, just got a little bit burnt as a first, uh, as a debutant in that midfield. Um, you know, then Dunks and, and Neil couldn't really put it all together. And and obviously Port Adelaide ran over the top of them, which meant it kind of limited their scoring as well. But Bales, you know, let's talk us through the players, mate. How'd you, how'd you see this game? Well, I was actually interested to uh, ask Cameron about this game because I, I didn't catch too much of this game as well. So I think Cameron probably can give us a little bit more better insight. So Cameron, what did so, eh? you, you <laughs> notice from uh, from this game, Cameron? Yeah, I think uh, after the game, Fagan even said that they've got ahead of themselves and, and it certainly looked like that in there because the, the midfield of Port were making them look second rate. And every, everybody's been rating this, this Brisbane midfield as, as the best in the comp with Neil and Dunkley and... McLuggage and Ashcroft going in there, but and didn't Jason oh, Horn Francis make them look junior? That second half, Horn Francis, that third quarter, he just dominated. Um, he's he's definitely on my radar. Unfortunately, I, I didn't have him in round one. I I was a bit sketchy about whether he's coming in off a bit of an injury, but 
he he looked so just really just good. under sixty percent CBA. So that forty sixty split, or that sixty forty split that he talked about, looks like it's real. Yep. Um, and and Rosie, yeah. Rosie's role looks really good as well with his twenty five CBAs. Although I can see him coming under attention, he's definitely he's definitely the main guy in that team. Um, it's not Wines anymore; it's definitely Rosie. And what about Butters? What sort of role did he play? What sort of split did he well, have? Well, he didn't. He, I don't even think he had a CDA. He had a very strong wing role. So he, he um, him and wow. him and Miles Berg, only ten, yeah. Um, and if you're from uh, the New South, uh, the South Australian newspaper, you think Miles Bergman and Jason Horn Francis are the same. I don't know whether you saw that today, but they put Miles Bergman on the on the back page and said it was Jason Horn Francis. So they got no clue what's going over there. But uh, no, don't, like Butters, Butters still scored well. But yeah, it's definitely a wing role there uh, moving forward. Um, as as far as the the younger blokes go, the rookies, McKenna was really solid with 62. He he, he was quite impressive. Wilmot, a, a little less impressive. But, I mean, what what are they going to do now to take a stand against this team? Who are they going to... Who are they going to drop to, mm. to make a stand and go, you guys got to head yourselves here and, and you need to turn it around. But I think Port Adelaide in Adelaide is always going to be a tough ass, no matter what teams are. They've got, is it Melbourne they've got next? Well, uh, Brisbane, yes. Brisbane have got Melbourne next week, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be a tough matchup. I mean, I think it is in Brisbane, but um, but that's no uh, mean feat. Um, so, and I think you know, I believe Salem's going to be back. I believe May's going to be back. I'm going to believe some of those. Oh, I can't think of their other injuries, but um, Fritch, yeah. but they're going to be pretty much at full. Yeah, they're Fritch. Yeah, they're going to be pretty much at full strength. So Brisbane, uh, yeah, we you know we might find out a thing or two about Brisbane. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm, I was even talking to Bales yesterday on our uh, the live stream that we were doing or the watch along that we were doing. But um, that I'm wondering whether you know it's it's certainly for a play. I think for some coaches that have got the maybe the luxury of being able to do it this week, um, there might be a play there for jumping off Dunkley. Um, I mean, he's going to he's going to come down in price now, and uh, you know, particularly with I don't know maybe like a Horn Francis, a Zebel, uh, um, you know, a couple of the other these other players, um, you know, with Kelly out, maybe if Finn Callahan goes well again or even better, considering he only really started scoring once Kelly went out. Um, so I think there's going to be there's going to be some opportunities from some coaches to make some aggressive moves this week if there's not Carnage playing. Playing with fire, trying just- out your primos. Yeah, I was, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could quite feel comfortable getting rid of Dunkley. Um, and I'm sure it'll be the same as New Age Fantasy Boys. We got fifty trades, <laughs> fifty <laughs> trades, uh, and a fix up round, right? So it's fix up round. So you know, I mean, look, I mean, these. I think you know, I mean, we're only we're only a couple, you know, four games in, right? So we're only roughly halfway through. But um, but I mean, you know, those that paid up for Doc, I mean, it, it turns out that you know maybe that was a right decision. I mean, you know, I mean, of course, if you if you traded Doc for Sicily, that might have worked out pretty well. But um, I mean, I know it was a big question for me about whether I was going to bring in such a high price player. Um, and then the only other high price player I had was was um, Dunkley and. You know, um, with him now set to you know a five round um, pricing, you know I don't know what what to call it, right? But it's five five rounds of scoring that goes into the pricing formula. 
Um, you know, I think there's there's definitely a play for some coaches, particularly those newer age coaches. If if you got an opportunity this week, maybe to look at it. Maybe I'm getting a bit uh, a bit too risky, but I don't know. Maybe it's uh, it, it certainly opens up something for coaches. But uh, any other any other things we want to talk about from this game before we move on? I think you're right. McKenna is a good look down uh, down back. Wilmont. I think a lot of people would have had him on their bench. I think they would have been pretty happy with that as a score, even if it was on their bench. But yeah, anything else worth talking about? I think I think it was just the main thing that was quite funny was just that no one's got a hundred. I think that was a thing that got me. I don't know when the last probably the last time that happened in the season would have been COVID. I reckon because I reckon at least there's been in every game I can remember uh, at least a guy scoring a hundred. So it's a bit, a bit odd that no one did. Well, Bales, I mean, on that, I mean, one of the things you know, I don't know whether this is all that uh, you know, you kind of see what you want to see, but. If we look at the scoring from this round, the scoring from this round isn't particularly impressive. I mean, Witsy was our highest scorer, obviously, a Ruckman yeah. um, going up against uh, a Ruckless Sydney. Um, but if you look at all the other scores, I mean, it was all pretty tempered. I mean, you know, there was a couple of 120s, you know, but it was, you know, some 110s and 100s. You know, I mean, I, I don't think there was any real primo that real kind of really stood out this week at all. No. Um, and I wonder whether it is leading towards that, that trend that we've kind of noticed or that we talked about a few times that, um, you know, with the faster game, there's less scoring. I think it was I think it was the exact same at the beginning of last year. Not many people went over 120. And it, that just seems to be a, a thing in round one where you've got guys cramping up late in the game so they're not sort of those outside players running into space to get those marks. It's not quite congested enough where you can get those tackle numbers up and, as we said as well, the game is not – you don't get your top eight midfielders all averaging essentially one twelve plus now. You'd, like last year, you know, like what Merritt and a couple of others inside the top eight were, were just below 110. They were like 107, 108. So the scoring has definitely uh, dropped from like the game moving faster. But I think that as the, the year goes on, we'll, we'll start seeing scoring pick up. But that's why I was a lot happier this round to take the 110 from Doc and, and just bank the points because round one, the carnage we copped and – and yeah, the scoring, as you said, has been a bit lower. So I'm hoping, and I think it will start to pick up over the next few weeks. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, let's move on to the next game. Big game at the MCG, Melbourne versus Western Bulldogs. Um, some big scores here. Oliver, 124. Trelaw, 121. Probably didn't see that coming. Um, do you think Trelaw's now an option, Bales? No. I couldn't that's try why. <laughs> I couldn't. I mean, I that's could... why... I couldn't trust those hamstrings. Such a high-pitched voice. <laughs> couldn't trust those ham. Could not trust those hamstrings. So uh, it's good. Good to see him back in like uh, in full flight on on uh, Saturday night and getting a lot of the ball. And pretty much he looked a lot back to what he looked like in his uh, Collingwood days. But yeah, he just at any point you could you could get that uh, soft tissue injury. I put him in the same category as like your your Prestiers and your Shoeys and stuff. Just unfortunately for them, they just can't quite stay fit and, and be trustworthy options for us to consider. But draft, you'd be very happy because you probably got him a bit late. Sure. Well, Timmy English, my boy, set and forget, 115. Very happy with that performance. Although Maxi Gorn, 113, that's something really to pay attention to there. And then I guess we'll probably look at Jack McRae, 107. You know, kind of those uh, Bond and Bailey Smith, um, uh, Luke's boy, but uh, I think one of the things with Bailey Smith, actually, I'll kind of talk about him first with his CBAs, only um, 50% CBAs for the night. So not really getting quite the midfield rotation that Bont and McRae were getting. It seemed to be Libba, Bont and McRae as the, the kind of those three mid, main midfielders in that midfield. 
Yeah, I think that that's what we probably expected from from the dogs. I, I didn't expect Bailey Smith to be getting 65, 70% CBAs. I, I knew I would, had a feeling it would have been your, your liver probably going to get the most and then you've got your McRae and Bont next. And I think Bailey Smith and Trelaw are probably those next two. But probably I would say Bailey Smith will get more than Trelaw over the season. But when I just quickly going back on to Max Gorn, though, we were I did flag this after the practice game. I I know that we were all fading him because of the the high price tag, but I did say that are we overthinking it because he didn't spend a lot of time forward at all. He went a lot behind the ball. He played a lot more in the ruck than what Grundy did. So he's definitely an option that people can look at um, as that ruck that could potentially be your R two, and especially with with Marshall, who we'll speak about. He didn't set the world on fire, and yeah, Gorn has definitely got to be a guy we've got to keep on our radars. Yeah, I've got I've yeah. got Gorn well, sitting at my R one at the moment, and interestingly enough, it was he he had thirteen CBAs and Grundy had sixteen, so Grundy still started. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah, but yeah, definitely around the ground, Grundy seemed to go forward a little bit more, where Gorn goes backwards. So they seem to be playing like that. One half of the ground's yours, the other half's um, the other fellows. So. It, it's very interesting. A um, couple of interesting scorers from that game is Oliver having an 81 point second half. I mean, he's still handball happy, but to, to rack up the marks and tackles as well, he always tackles, but a few marks in there. And Trelaw's score was built around the third quarter of 56 points. So it, it, it is a bit of give and take there where he's not going to do that regularly. Um, but is it going to be the year of liver? Like, uh, have we been downplaying him? Because he's he's got that role. He seems fit. He's done a good preseason. So, is, is he one that's going to come come onto our radar? Well, all the preseason talk was Smith, Bontempelli, McRae, but we've all we've all shaded liver. Well, those dogs are obviously high scorers, and I mean, I think their scoring was a little bit suppressed because of the game. Obviously, Melbourne kind of blowing out towards the end there, but um, but you know, it's got good game style. Um, I think a lot of us have got one dog in our team, so um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays mm-hmm. out. Well, the one, talk... I was just yeah, saying the on. one guy, the one guy, the one guy that we probably could have mentioned at the start, but obviously we're going from top to bottom was Cade Chandler, one hundred and four. I was very sceptical at like not with not starting him because I just thought with those Melbourne guys coming back round two, round three, I didn't see him lasting much more than the first round. But he's definitely bought himself a lot more time than than just one game. So is is he a guy that we're going to be uh, trying to do all we can to bring him into our sides? And could he potentially go in our field at F six? No. So I'm not. I'm not bringing him in. Not bringing him in. Yeah. No. I already got him. Already got oh, I'm not sure. Don't you remember smug, Jeppa, smug, mate? Smug Jeppa. <laughs> no, our guests, mate. We are a <laughs> podcast that has some of the best guests on, and and one of our best guests, of course, was Jeppa. And uh, you know, Jeppa's been talking up Chandler for a while, so I had him sitting in my uh, my uh, utility spot, mate. Not on ground, of course, but uh, but I'm quite happy to take his 104, even if it's on the bench. I'm still not sold on his job security though, because they've got May, Salem, Trish, and Viney to come back this week. Obviously, Laurie and McVie go out, and now Cozzy Pickett's got two weeks. There's another spot. But there, there wasn't any passengers in that Melbourne lineup, So it's going to be interesting to see if he does hold because I, I don't think the Melbourne coaches look at fantasy scores. Well, <laughs> I think what he did just, he score in the end? Uh, one oh, was only one, yeah, 104. Oh, no. So I was looking on the, on the scoreboard. It was only one goal, too. So, 
But 16 disposals, oh, he had a pretty good game. He's going to be pretty tough to drop. But, yeah, maybe. I guess we'll see how teams go, right? The thing that the thing that's good with him is, is because he got that 104, that's now built into his price. So he's going to, have a, he's going to be about 250, 260K. He's going to break even in the negative probably the 30s or the negative 20s. And even if he's only in for two, three weeks, he's probably going to make a really quick 100, 150K to to be quite valuable because then in a few weeks you can go straight down and you can get another rookie in and, and you've made yourself a, like a really quick money. Yep. Uh, Cam, anything else you want to talk about with this game, mate? No, I think he, I think he's covered it all. Bales? Yeah, no, probably just just Bond and Pelly. Obviously, we were speaking on the watch long. It's yeah. quite, dis- quite a little bit disappointing that, again, they did get quite comprehensively beaten in the second half. So that's probably why, but... It was disappointing what being on a 39-point uh, first quarter and, and I think it was on 62 points or 58 points at halftime and he just really slowed um, in the second half, which was disappointing. But the thing that was positive for me was he looked he looked really good and he looked fit uh, and I'm sure Bulldogs will, will win games this year and I think he'll, he'll have better days. So I'll still take a 99. It was okay. I would have preferred the 100, but um, with all the other carnies this week, I can't get, can't get too greedy, I guess. So, um, But yeah. Awesome, mate. Well, let's move on to the next game with the highest score of the round. So it was uh, Gold Coast versus Sydney. Um, we talked about before Jared Witts took on a ruckless uh, Sydney and as a result scored a big 137, mate. Did, uh, I know you were talking about him or you were trying to convince me to have him in your team or in my team going back a couple of weeks ago. Did, uh, did you have him in your team, Bars? Yeah, that's. I think that's a few of us fantasy guys. We we give out uh, good advice or, or <laughs> decent advice, and then it comes back and we don't start with the players. So I was saying, which is a great option to start with, and of course I didn't start with him. So he yeah was a bit a bit uh, painful watching watching him doing his thing. But I had a feeling he's going to go big against Sydney. So um, yeah, if you've if you've got which you'd uh, credit to you because he, he did very well, and I think he'll be a very solid option, averaging probably around that mid nineties um, this year. So very impressive. Yeah, great job. Um, let's have a look. Uh, so Chad Warner, 117. Um, kind of Errol Goulden obviously overtook him. He was a little bit kind of fancied early in the preseason, but he obviously had a big game. Actually, have a look at what his CBAs were. That'd be interesting. Chad Warner, I didn't know. Uh, had 16 of a possible, what are we talking, oh, 29. So, yeah, about only 50% CBAs, pretty much the same as Goulden. So it looks like they've got a pretty, pretty similar rotation. Um, but, um, but yeah, Goulden 99, Goulden owners would have been pretty happy with that. Um, Dylan Stevens, 104. Where did that come from? I think he's just a very he's – a, he's a decent player on that wing and uh, he's a, a good draft option, probably a good keeper, keeper option, but not classic. But, yeah, it was obviously a very, very impressive score from him. The role looked good yeah. on the wing. 67-point first half, like, yeah, he looked really good early. It was funny, this game, it was sort of like a tale of two halves. Like, the first half, it was really strong Sydney, and and the scoring was really strong from all the Sydney players and wits, of course. And then that last quarter is where all the Gold Coast players sort of started to stand up and start scoring. Um, one, one of the forgotten, forgotten cash cows of yesteryear, he turned back the clock with a 45-foot, point last quarter and that was Matty Rao um, I don't know whether I could consider him I'd need to see it a few more times but yeah is, is he back oh, oh, yeah I'm not going anywhere near that <laughs> I, 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 I think I think I think the whole the whole fantasy community's got a bit of PTSD with We've him I think we gotta we gotta, yeah. we gotta see a few but the thing that impressed me 88% game time which was good that was back to he was playing really high 80s when he was scoring well so 
hopefully that continues and he can and he can put some good scores up because if he does, then he could potentially put his hand up after another couple of good games. Certainly looks like he uh, ate into uh, Noah Anderson's game a little bit, though. He obviously had a pretty disappointing game with a, a 78. But uh, Took Miller, 108, kind of doing Took Miller things, priced at 110. But um, let's talk about Charlie Constable. Hey, I think a lot of people would have had him in the back one. I know I did, 87 points. Um, had a great game. Just a bit disappointing that Champion Data had to take that tackle off of him and then, when he was on 91 yeah. and then they went to 87. But still, 87, 23 kicks with three handballs. So... There are going to be more games as well where he probably gets a couple of extra marks. So there, there could be some scores very similar to this. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages around that 80 or 85 mark if he keeps this rolling. I didn't watch the game personally, so Cameron, I don't know if you watched the game, but it'd be interesting to see how uh, what your thoughts thoughts were on how he played. He, he bought the sausages with him because he was a good butcher that night. Um, he did. Uh, <laughs> did he butcher the ball, yeah, did he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Um, it, it was impressive. Uh, he took six kickings, so that that part of the role is there, and and it's a good link of half back. But he's just got to fix that disposal because the amount of times he turned it over, and and it resulted in Sydney goals straight away. So, um, well, chances are he might only be a short term play anyway, with the the kind of the talent that's coming back into that Gold Coast side. But look, if he can keep scoring like that for a few more yeah, weeks, we'll, then maybe we can make some cash. Take out of him. take the money and run. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, another cash cow worth talking about, uh, Bodie Oland. Um, I've got him in my side quite nicely. He scored a nice 68. Um, he, he, lots of tackles, I think it was. He, he was, looked pretty good out there from what I saw. I saw limited amounts of this game as well. He was impressive, he laid late. A ma- impressive late. That last quarter, he, he racked up 33 points and uh, he, he just got in and had a go. He, he, uh, Gold Coast were obviously gone, but he just didn't stop in that back line and I think that'll hold him hold him well to keeping his spot for a, for a good amount of time whilst he keeps having a crack like that. Yeah. Well, Tim, he, Tim, he laid a massive one tackle. So oh, did uh, he? he? Maybe it wasn't a tackle. <laughs> <laughs> Took three kick-ins. Um, really? Yeah. Well, for a basement defender sitting on the bench, I'll take it. Yep. He's probably, he's probably. I think if you're ranking the rookies, I think you're if you didn't get your sheasels and jinbies, which I think you'd be pretty crazy if you didn't start with either of those two. But if you didn't uh, get on them, and I think that your Chandlers and, and Ullands are probably the, those next two that, that sort of came. So like maybe people can't afford Chandler because he might have gone up too much. So maybe Bodie's a, a, a downgrade option for coaches to maybe consider. But then again, they have got a few players coming back. So that is a bit of a flag. Yeah. I mean, if you've got, if you're running with the Chesser or the Cowan on field, maybe he's a better option than either of those blokes. Exactly. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the things that a lot of coaches are going to be looking at. Uh, I mean, Cowan obviously going down with cramp, getting subbed off. Good words from Michael Voss about the way he played, but you know, I mean, that doesn't leave me much more confident about his ability to be in the team next week. Yeah, his his third um, quarter was pretty terrible, and and he only got subbed out with a minute to go and scored, I think, three points or something for that quarter. So, he, the game had gone past him a bit, I think. Yeah, and then Chessa, um, you know, like I, I think they're just really limiting his time on ground. So He was on the bench um, for 20, 20 minutes from midway through the third quarter to pretty much maybe five minutes or so into the last quarter. So it was a, a long sort of 20 minutes he was on the bench, which was obviously, as you said, that managing factor, but, but yeah, a bit disappointing. 
Yeah, so it looks for those. I mean, that yeah. So that's you know something for me is probably bringing him on at that D six. Uh, that Brody uh, Bodie Ulland. Uh Just finishing off a couple of players worthwhile talking about. Callum Mills disappointing on eighty seven. Uh, looked like he got moved around a little bit by, uh, by Longmire. Oh, he only had ten days. He didn't play in the middle a lot. Yeah, and then Peter Adams subbed out of the game early. I know a couple of people were thinking about going him, but probably went to uh, Christian Sherry, who we actually didn't really talk about much with the North game. I was too distracted. I told you I shouldn't review North and West Coast games. So. <laughs> um, yeah, Christian Sherry obviously went down in that first quarter. Oh, mate, so that's big carnage for a lot of coaches. Um, I know there's a lot of coaches on Twitter that looked like they'd got him, and, um, you know, that was one of the big bullets that people got hit with. Anyone here take that? Nope, uh, I nearly did. I nearly uh, went for the cherry uh, train, but I just thought I'd much rather want to see it for a week first, like to see how he goes, and then if Goldie wasn't named next week, then that would be something I could consider going down to. But, yeah, bit of a bullet dodge there. But I do feel sorry for those people that had the Stewart and then the cherry and then potentially had Liam Jones as well That um, from the Dogs game that he went down. But he's not as highly owned in fantasy, I don't think, if he had a super coach, but he was a couple people rolling him there, so... Yeah, a few injuries. Yeah, it was, it was definitely one you had to see a benefit in going down to him. I mean, my rucks are gone and Marshall, and I, I would have had to have gone gone down to Cherry, and that 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 just I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and the last play as well before we move from the Sydney Gold Coast game was Matt Roberts scored twenty nine from twelve percent. He came on oh. late, but he scored a lot of points. So just a guy to keep on the radar that could oh, come in. Oh, very much. So, yeah. Yeah, he looked great. He looked great. Um, and they, it looked like they were giving it to him a lot as well. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, when and if he gets a game. All right. Well, let's let's move on to, to the Giants-Crows <laughs> game. I'll, I'll get this out the way because this is probably what people were here to listen to me talk about. So, GWS beat uh, Adelaide. Uh, very disappointing by the Crows to give up a lead and not kick straight. But, yeah. Rory Laird, okay. So, um, yeah, very uh, disheartening. I was pretty much yelling at the TV the whole time and then mum was saying, that's why I don't like when the football season's on because you get too angry with the football. And, yeah, with Laird not doing his thing. I, again, I, this could be me being biased or whatever, but watching the game, he just didn't look right for personally for me. He, he, his, he looked like a guy that I don't know if he was sick under the weather. I, I don't know, like, because he... There was times where there was a tackle to be laid. He didn't lay a tackle. There was times to get an extra disposal, getting in the like the link in the chain for for like a, a passage to move the ball, and he just didn't get involved. And he looked a bit disinterested. And I was sort of like, well, that just doesn't look like Roy Led. And a few people were saying, oh, we got to jump off. We got to jump off. But if you did start with Led, I know he's going to probably drop a bit of cash. But you're going to want him back at some point in the year. And Let's not forget, he only went. He didn't go under ninety last year at all, and he has only gone once under ninety in the past three years. So that's just one thing to consider. But I don't know what you guys thought about Laird in this game, but yeah, a bit disheartening. But from me, I couldn't see him. Cam, did you have him? He was hard to find out there. You saw him in the. I know he was. He'd he'd be sitting next to Tom Green or Caniglio, and they'd just run off and get the ball, and he'd be just trailing behind him. But it was it was Adelaide's midfield as a whole. So Barry had. 22 CBAs the same as Laird and ended up with, with 36. So there, there might have been people in that camp as well. But I think it's I think it's the million-dollar curse. Once a, once a player hits a million, yeah. they, they, they sort of drop for a little bit. 
Yeah, well, uh, I, as I, as I said, I think those people, the coaches that got him, I think you got to you just got to hold strong. You're going to lose cash, but we, you got him in there for a reason. Yeah. So I'm sure that he'll bounce back. He doesn't have two games like that in a row, and if he does, then then yeah, I'll be eating crow. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but Tom Green was obviously the one that impressed me the most. I know uh, DC uh, had him in his side, and, if, and quite a lot of people had him in his side, and he was able to get a 128, and he had six marks, which was which was what impressed me in four tackles. So automatically as a Josh Kelly owner, which obviously with the concussion, 91 from 68%, he was on track for a very nice score and looked like a very good pick for those coaches that put him in. But uh, unfortunately, caught the massive hit from good old Riley O'Brien, Mr. Tolog himself. So, um, But yeah, so Tom Green, you boys, if you don't have him or have you got him and if you haven't got him, are you looking at him pretty closely this week as an option? Yeah, I've got Tom Green. I actually had three midfielders in this game from GWS. I had Tom Green. Uh, I had Callahan, who, who scored pretty well, 83. I'll, I'll take yep. that at his price. And I also went a bit left field with a, with a DPP in the future. And, uh, and I got knocked out with Whitfield. So oh, no. He, he was tracking oh. quite well. He'd, re, he'd actually yeah. just stepped up and kicked a goal and 40, 40 something points. And, and then, yeah, he's, got, he's gone off for the HIA and not come back. It's like, oh, well, there's my first trade this year. Yeah, yeah, it's disappointing. I think a few people got those Giants players that they're going to have to move. Um, probably the question I'll probably throw to um, you guys is that if you've got a Josh Kelly or a Whitfield, are you going up to just try and get a, another premium? Like, for example, I would be looking at Andrew Brayshaw, who's now got four very good matchups to come and scored a 114. Or are we looking down at a Tom Green for a bit of value? What are, what are your thoughts? Tim, I'll probably go to you first in this one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I've got um, a bit of my shuffling before uh, Thursday involved, well, with the Yo situation, involved actually me going up to a Tom Green. Um, um, so I think I went up from a Callahan to a Tom Green. I can't remember exactly how I did it, but um, I was obviously very happy with that um, coming off. Um, also had Canelio, happy with his game as well. Um, Kelly, look, I'm, I'm, it's, it's early, so I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think I may look to maybe see what mid-prices I've missed. Um, I mean, two that stand out for me so far, obviously Jack Zebel we've talked about and also Horn Francis as well. So uh, I'm not certainly not locked at, at this point in time, but, you know, they're two that are certainly on the, um, in consideration. Um, Finn Callahan, thing that I do, I, I mean, I was kind of watching his game because I initially did have him in my side and then traded him out. It really seemed to me like he didn't score too much until Kelly was out of the game. So um, I was actually uh, – I didn't think he was going to go very well until obviously that kind of last quarter where um, where Kelly went out and he really he, – I mean, he had a 37-point last quarter, which, you know, apart from that, he probably would have only finished on maybe a – I don't know, like a 65, you know, 70 or something along those lines. So, um, so yeah, I think that's just a bit of a flag there. But, um, but look, with Kelly out next week, um, maybe it's also a good sign that he's going to get some uh, more CBAs. The good, the good thing with Callahan as well is that because he's got that 83 round one, his break-in was 46. So now that break-in is going to go down and he's really going to start making us some, hopefully some cash. Right. So if he can tick along with his 70, 75s for, for, for another month or so, then that's going to be really what we want. And we can move him in about a few weeks' time when we want to look at getting an underpriced premium, like a maybe like a Merit or or something like that, or a Parish or whatever from Essendon. That if they get another tag in round three, then we can look at someone like that. But yeah, I'm very impressed with with Callahan's game. Uh, Dawson, mate, did you have Dawson in your side? 
No, I didn't. So I end up having, I think it was McGrath at D2. So I didn't end up paying up for for a defender. I, I should have paid up for a, for a certain Hawthorne defender with the long sleeves. That we would have been a good option that we spoke about on the Friday spaces. But uh, And Dawson did his thing as well. Uh, 92, so you'd, you'd take that. Um, but yeah, probably wanting a few more bigger scores in the future, which I'm sure that they'll come as well. I think you probably, yeah. I mean, I, I think... I think he wouldn't feel great about that pick right now. I mean, obviously, if he'd gone up from Yo to a Dawson um, compared to some of the other options out there, and then he goes and underscores his BE by you know roughly ten points. I think. I mean, look, it's not terrible, right? It's a bit like a Kelly, but um, but um, but yeah, I think you'd be hurting a bit from spending so much money. Um, a couple other people worth uh, speaking about there. Pedler, uh, seventy Very impressive. points. Yeah, good uh, good bench rook. Uh, it's going to make us some cash there, and he you know he played a very very good game as well. Um, Michelini, I don't think too many people would have had him. Key isn't he a key position? Yeah, he's yeah he's like that third tall. So yeah, yeah. probably not one that we're going to consider. Yeah, but fifty points from him. Anyone else here that you want to talk about? Uh, Bales or Cam? Yeah, Cobbs look really good. Hundred and four coming up. Uh, yeah, up, up against West Coast this week. He'll. He'll uh, he'll score well for you if you if you are sitting with him. Yeah. With, with... Did anyone go the five primos in the forward line? I wish I did, but I only went with the four. And Cogs, unfortunately, was that the guy that that uh, didn't make it for me, which I really wanted him. I wanted him all preseason, but unfortunately, just didn't quite make it. Cam. Yeah, yeah I I, I uh, didn't take him either. I just just saw Kelly going into the midfield a little bit more as in replace of Taranto or Hopper and. And Green stepping up probably probably taking away from him a little bit, but no, he was he was impressive, very impressive. Yeah, no, I had all I had all, I had all five, and of course the one that failed was uh, good old Dunce. Right? <laughs> so, um, but apart from that, pretty happy with uh, with that um, part of my structure. Um, all right, well let's move on to the second last game. Plenty of relevant players here. Number of players I had in my side. Um, don't know about you guys, but Sick Dog hundred and thirty. First round, absolutely smashed it. Um, you know, are we concerned it's only against Essendon or we think that this might be uh, how it's going to pan out for the sick dog in uh, 2023? Well, this this would have been the per- – this is why the Twitter space uh, is annoying me tonight because this would have been the perfect game to get DC on because he yeah. posted a few of his picks on Twitter and he had Sicily and Setterfield in his team. So yeah. the two high scorers from the game and two big players. But Sicily, I don't see this changing. It's – Played 93%, took 15 marks. Hawthorne are going to do that chipping around when they're trying to um, sort of slow the game down and, and Sisley's going to be at the heart of it. So, yeah, I think he was he was one that, as as we said on Friday, was being really not talked about as much and probably one that um, the astute coaches out there got, got correct and, and a lot of us that didn't really consider him probably are thinking, well, why didn't we? Yeah, Sick Dog did look really good with 15 marks. He even had two CBAs, if you can believe that. I didn't see it. But yeah. yeah, the last year was like the last two CBAs of the game. Yeah, so they chucked him in for a couple, and he actually got—I think he got both clearances from memory. So, um, yeah, so that was impressive from him. Yeah. So if DC was uh, enjoying the the sick dog and Setterfield show, it's quite lucky that Minimon can't get on because um, I'm just seeing his story about his uh, loophole. Oh, Ouch. So uh, yeah. Not, yeah. No e on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've, I've seen that glitch going around a, a little bit. Um, for do you those know, of you that didn't see. Do you know how so, nervous I was when I had put Darcy on the bench as the E in the final game and I was trying to take Docs 
captain score and I was like, oh, please. Like, I checked it like every five minutes, I reckon, with like 20 minutes to go, making sure that it didn't glitch for me because it, yeah, it's, it unfortunately happens um, to the best of us. Yeah, shut down, yeah. So basically, Mini Monk, yeah, for those of you listening that don't know, Mini Monk uh, went to do the VC loophole with Heath, I think it was, from the bench, but uh, it looked like that. Was it Ryan Marshall? Didn't have an E on him. No, Tim English. So he, Tim English. Tim English, sorry. Didn't have an E on him, so he didn't get the emergency score. So, uh, well, the good news for all us coaches out there is after Mini Monk absolutely smashed all forms of fantasy last year is we all have a little bit of a handicap head start. <laughs> so it uh, gives us all a bit of a, bit of a, bit of a chance. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But Will, Sed- Will Setterfield's the one I want to get your thoughts on. So 6'10", he's going to... The thing that's going to be impre- good with him now is he had the role and his break-in being 69, he's now going to start making cash quickly. So, again, similar to Tom Green, but um, about 140K cheaper. So uh, is he a guy that you guys are looking at as well? Maybe he's not that much more expensive than a Dom Sheet either. Definitely one for the radar. With with 10 marks and six tackles to go 23 CBAs, that, that's, that's an impressive stat line. But, unfortunately, he doesn't play Hawthorne every week. Yes, that is what definitely one thing to to note. But uh, it'd be interesting to see. I'm just actually looking up now how many CBAs that he got in that game because he certainly looked to have 23. that role. 23 out of a possible 32. Yep, so the role was 60%. There. That's, that's 60% exactly, CBAs. That's pretty much what we wanted to see. So if anyone is 77% keen on him, time on ground. Yeah, if anyone's yeah. keen on him, you can definitely look at him as an option. Yeah, he's definitely on my – look, I mean, he's in that sort of Horn Francis, Zeeble, um, Setterfield. I mean, you know, this is, for my mind, this is the round that we're looking to pick up those mid-prices that we think we've missed. I mean, you know, we might want to wait another week on some of them just to make sure they've got the role. But, um, but uh, you know, it's rookies and mid-prices that we've missed. That's what we're looking for this week. Well, that's uh, – But, of course, apart from fixing up carnage. Well, we'll speak about trades after, but that's where I'm thinking, do I go Josh Kelly down to, to a Tom Green or a Setterfield and then get another mid-price for another line? That's definitely something I'm looking at. Uh, yeah, me too, me too. Um, speaking of uh, the mid-prices, yes. well, actually, might before we get down to the mid-prices, just just quick uh, mention to Merritt and Parrish, who looked like they were starting off to have a shocking game that came... Good in the uh, in the second half, but let's talk about uh, well, let's talk about Will Day and, and James Warple. Uh, 98, 96 points, absolutely smashed it. I mean, uh, Warple had twenty four out of a possible thirty two CBAs, so uh, was the main man for Hawthorne in that midfield. And, and um, Will Day also had eight. So uh, what's that? You're talking about twenty five percent CBAs as well. If anyone listing's got the uh, dispose efficiency for Warpools. That'd be interesting because from what I saw, he I didn't notice him butcher the ball as much as what he had in the preseason. So that was a positive. Um, and the role was there. Everything was there. Same with Will Day. He played pretty much a split between midfield and, and wing and, and they both looked very impressive. So for me, they're probably two that, especially Warpool being at 460, I'd be, I'd be getting on. So here we go. His disposal efficiency was 69%. Okay, a little bit lower than what I thought, but I just didn't notice him push the ball as much. Maybe they were maybe kicks where they got spoiled away or something. Well, but... you know, when you're playing a midfield role, you know, you're getting hand passes that are getting smothered and kicks that are getting, you know, so it's that's it's, it's not too bad. Oh, gee, I just didn't notice those those kicks where he butchers the ball like he did against Collingwood, where he just had to hit a 15 minute pass and spew it and it'd go out of bounds. But it seemed to he played really well, so definitely 463. I know a lot of coaches out there weren't as keen because they, they'd been burnt by Warple, but I think we've seen it now. It's 
two games in a row all pre-season I think you can you can safely jump on it for uh, it'll be about 500k almost now yeah and then probably worth talking about as well would be uh, McGrath mate so you had him in your side 81 points um, yeah underwhelming dis- are you yeah exactly you'd be disappointed with that pick Cam did you have him no thankfully I, I missed the McGrath train I, I, I actually couldn't see him going much better than what he has and and I think 80 is about right for him um Definitely on the day train, like he he is he was my D three, so I was I was pretty happy with his ninety eight and and those CBAs and and not only was he sitting in the back line, he even popped forward a little bit as well. So he was he was all over the place. It was it was pretty impressive to watch as well as Warple. Well, he was my D two Will Day. Yep, going very thin back there, Tim. Very thin in the back line. But, yeah, look, it didn't wasn't a complete disaster. Um, well, it wasn't a disaster. I think it worked out all right. Yeah. Don't, don't forget McKenzie in that game. He was he was impressive as well. 75, yeah. 16 CBA. Well, I think four rules. We've got, we've got four rookies on our field that uh, we can – it's pretty much very, very safe in your, your Jinbees, McKenzie's, Ashcroft. And even, I know Ashcroft didn't score on the weekend, but he'll, he'll be uh, better for the run and, and they did get beaten uh, pretty well. So, And then Sheasel. So all four of those guys you can look at. It's just that fifth and sixth rookie is going to be interesting with that rookie roulette who we're going to play. Yep. Um, Menzi, Jai Menzi also had uh, 74 points So not a bad uh, first Well, not first outing But um, for a, a rookie price player Did pretty well um, And then Alvin Davey On most of our benches 58 That was a worthwhile score for a rookie But um, Fergus Green 30 points I mean, that's um, pretty that disappointing That was a risk, yeah, was a risk and, I think, with him and Playing Essendon, yeah So, uh, you know He might be one that we look to get Off our bench if we can because it doesn't look like he's going to make a huge amount of cash. Yeah, and just just oh, sorry, yeah, can you go? Fergus Green, he, he was he was there about something, and he had eighty two percent time on ground. So so he'll have his down games, but I think I think he's got potential for for a couple up games as well. Mm. I guess we'll just have to see how the rookies fall, uh, and we'll probably talk a little bit about the rookies uh, when we kind of round up the games. But we've got one game to go uh, before. Uh, well, any any more players we want to talk about from this game before we move on to the next game? How was the crowd um, reaction to Waller coming out? Yeah, that that was oh, literally that, that was oh, what I was going to say. One of the best best moments of the weekend for me had to be when when, 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 when Tipper when Tipper kicked the, his goal and the crowd went nuts. And when he came out, that was definitely a highlight of the weekend. Gives us guys with yeah. beer bellies hope. <laughs> <laughs> what you're still looking for an AFL career, are you, Ken? No, no. <laughs> I just thought it was an impressive beer belly going playing. Yeah, over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, we're about to move on to the last game, but before we do, just a quick reminder out there for if you've got questions, get them in uh, under the Twitter space. Uh, we've got a few there already. Um, if you've got questions or if you've got players that you want to uh, want to uh, discuss or if you just want to let us know who your rage trades or bullets were, make sure you put them in uh, there and we'll talk about them at the end. Um, but moving on to the last game of the round, St Kilda versus Fremantle. Um, so Jack Steele, um, obviously, you know, one of the highest price players, but still relatively popular. Bit of a disappointing outing for him with only 102. And he, um, and he, but, and he did have a big last quarter to get to that as well. Well, I think, yeah. I think remember, he had a big last quarter. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, yeah, 31-point last quarter. So, we, look, it was his second quarter that was pretty disappointing, only his 13-point quarter. So that's probably what led him down there in terms of his score. Um, so I don't know what, whether there's too much to make of that. 
But once again, it's just another example of our kind of Uber primos not really scoring that well this week. But, uh, you know, Bales, maybe it is because of round one or maybe it's a bit of the game, game uh, style. But I guess we'll, we'll see as the, the season develops. Um, the one that, that before we, you know, while we're talking about um, St Kilda, the one that I really wanted to ask you guys about, I didn't watch a lot of this game and I am very interested to know what the hell happened to Rowan Marshall? I don't know. I, I watching the game, so I watched it most of the second half because I was watching the Hawthorne Essen game. But just watching it, he was it was a good battle between him and Darcy. He just wasn't doing his his usual getting into space and getting getting them, those marks and getting those tackles and getting those extra disposals. He was just sort of I don't know. Yeah, just and the thing that could, the thing that concerned me slightly is because he had didn't get involved as much around the ground. Are they going to go well? Next time we come up against a two-prong uh, ruck attack like that, we're going to bring Tom Campbell in. That was probably my big flag that that raised for me. But the commentators are saying that he was uh, playing really well, and and I'm sure we'll hear what Ross Lyon has to say about the ruck and what they're looking at doing. But um, from eighty-five percent time on ground, twenty of a possible twenty-one CBAs, so he certainly was was in the in that role that we wanted him in. Um, but like you said, just not really getting it around the ground. Cam, did, what did you see there? Yeah, he got, he got absolutely smashed by Darcy in the hitouts. So he only ended up with 17 as compared to Darcy's 38. And he also got a knock on the left shoulder. So, yeah, okay. so late in the last quarter, he, he copped the knock on the shoulder. Anything to worry about? Not sure. It doesn't, doesn't look that way, but I'm sure we'll find out soon enough if, if there is anything to worry there. Um, yeah, and then the last of the Saints players I'll kind of talk about there is the Pooh, who had 54, which is a you know reasonable enough debut. Uh, once again, you know probably someone we want to have sitting on our pine, not uh, not on the field, but I know some people would have had him on the field. It's something that's a respectable enough rookie score on field. But uh, but did you guys both have the Pooh or not? Did you not pay up? I paid up. I put him on my bench. So uh, he was one after Tom Powell got 73. I was probably thinking it might have been better. Spending that, using that cash to go on top of Darcy to go to Wits, and then using the money from uh, McGrath to go to Sicily. But unfortunately, can't do that now because team's locked in. So, <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the poo, but I thought he was impressive in his in his marking ability. He did look, he did, he's able to stretch real tall and 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 did take a good grab. So, yeah. Look, I saw bits and pieces of the game. I saw him get involved. So, you know, I I um I expected to see him a little bit further up the ground than I I did. So, um. Yeah, look, hopefully that'll help his scoring. It can be a good cash cow for yeah. us. But uh, moving, moving over to Fremantle. Um, I the mean, back line. Scores there. Yeah, I mean, the back line racked it up there, right? So Luke Ryan, Brennan Cox. Um, I know we've got a question already about whether Brennan Cox is an option, so maybe uh, I'll throw it out to you guys uh, about that. Yeah, I did write down his name at 580K as, as a potential option, but I, I need to see it more than once. And... They, they've got a they've got a good draw this week, so there is a potential for him to come out and do the same thing again. Because I'm pretty sure they're up against the Kangaroos. So um, we saw McGovern like he got himself in a position to take marks. He did drop a few, but um, they, they're probably they're probably going to eat again this week, fantasy wise. So um, yeah. So was there was it just a lot of must have been a lot of chipping around the back yes, line? Yes. Yeah. With, when was. you've got Ryan Cox Young. Clark, all scoring tons. Even Chapman, you know, had an eighty-five. So, and look, Frio lost as well, right? So it looks like they were moving the ball a bit too slowly around that back line. Well, maybe I mean, literally all seven of their defenders: Brennan Cox, twenty marks; Luke Ryan, thirteen marks; Hayden Young, thirteen marks; Jordan Clark, eleven; Heath Chapman, eight; Alex Pierce, eight; Nathan Wilson, eight. So, 
they were they were just trying to switch the ball around and, and it didn't work because they ended up losing the game. So if that's is that's going to be what they're going to keep doing in the future, then we've got to get on some of these Frio defenders. Mm. But uh, I don't know if they're going to chip around that much in the future because they didn't win. Cam, did uh, Andy Brayshaw get some attention? Uh, not that I saw. Um, he he yeah. seemed to just do do the Andy Brayshaw thing, and um, I, I was worried for this game. I'd I'd had him in and out of my team, but um, I went against him because I thought they they would go the tag, and Ross didn't do it. Well, look, I I use DT Live when I'm tracking my live stats for a game. I use the uh, the website dtlive.com.au, and it says on that website it's got a symbol like a padlock, which is the um that's a, a, a tag for Sarong. So, did it look like Sarong was getting some intention instead of maybe uh, Brayshaw? Yeah, I anyone see that? No, I didn't see that. But... Okay. Look, I mean, I think it is crowdsourced, right? So it might not be the most reliable, but um, but normally it, it relatively is because I think more than one person has to do it. So it'll be interesting, I guess, um, maybe look back over that game and have a bit of a look at that because, yeah, I, I think that would have been quite interesting for us to pass. Just, just put a tag on Sarong instead of Brayshaw. Just one thing to note with Brayshaw as well. Brayshaw scored 114. Uh, people that had Laird captain, uh, Laird had 114, and that was his double score. So. <laughs> So, unfortunately, yeah. Um, I thought, I th- yeah. I don't know why I said it made me more upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, look, that Darcy call, I mean, obviously he went 20, well, roughly 20 points over his uh, BE. So, uh, yep. so that was that turned out to be a pretty good call for owners that decided to go Darcy. Um, and, he, and, he gave, and he gave away three free kicks as well. So, it could have been yeah, a, little okay. bit, little bit, a little bit higher than... And what it was, but no, he looked good. He looked, he looks healthy pre-season. He he looked healthy as well. That's why I jumped on him. I thought he had a little bit of upside, so it made the me going Darcy instead of Wicks call not as bad as what I felt felt last night. So, so, uh, so yeah. So so far, it looks like English and Darcy are the two top right picks. Who would have guessed after, <laughs> uh, <laughs> after all the preseason? Uh, look, a couple other people that we want to talk about probably just to wrap up. Uh, Will Brody, I know a few people were talking about him, only a 76. Jager O'Meara, only a 72. Uh, Luke Jackson, uh, 59 points. Um, and not so much on a fantasy note, but more uh, just because I like laughing at Frio because I'm an Eagles supporter. But surely that Fife as a forward experiment is a failure. Like, surely they already know that. Surely, you either got to play him in the midfield or you don't play him at all. It's funny the commentators all through that last quarter and a half were like, "Oh, they need to get five in the midfield. They need to get five in the midfield." Yeah. And he still stayed forward. So they're not moving him, but um, look, I mean, once again, we might we might see you know a couple of well, I mean, a couple of things to come out of round one is that. Maybe Collingwood are good at football after all. Um, and, um, you know, maybe Brizzy aren't as far ahead as what we thought they were. Um, we certainly also know the Eagles certainly know how to pump up a preseason, but they're dismal again. Um, what else? What else come out of this round? It's worthwhile talking about. So we've pretty much covered everything, I think. Yeah. But... Well, look, quickly, I don't want to spend too much time on this because probably no one cares too much, but why don't we just do a quick uh, quick review of the teams. Um, my team, Guesties Gerbils, came in um, with a score of 2069, left me with a uh, – actually, I should refresh just to make sure that I've got the latest update. Um, I'm ranked at 8,357. 
Um, who would be my top scorer as well? English, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, yeah, I've run with the five primos in the forward line. Um, Kelly is obviously something for me to deal with this week. Tom Green, um, probably top scored for me, I think. Yeah, looks like Tom Green top scored. Um, you know, got a couple of rookie fix-ups, you know, a couple of mid-pricer fix-ups. One bullet with Josh Kelly, but that's about it. Bales, quick run now on your team, mate. What's your yeah, score with so- finish? I scored 2010, so um, uh, ranked just inside the top 20k at 19,661. So a bit poor, a couple, couple of 50-50 calls, and it could have been a whole lot different. So, But in terms of top scores, obviously, uh, I think actually, yeah, Taranto was, I think, top. I think uh, Cheeks, I think Cheeks was next, and then uh, Doherty was actually my third high scorer. So it sort of does make it a – it was a good call to take that 110 as the visa. And obviously the disappointing one for me was – was Rory Laird, but uh, again, him and Dunkley, for those owners out there, I, I, I wouldn't be doing anything too hasty because I'm sure they'll they'll bounce back. And then, yeah, the only bullet I caught was Josh Kelly, which was disappointing because he was looking really good. So just have to see what I do with him uh, this upcoming week. So what about Rory Laird? What do you uh, reckon is going to... He'll be fine. He'll be fine. He'll be I'm fine. Okay. I'm, I, I'm backing him in to, to bounce back. I said, as I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out that he was under the weather or something like that. Or, yeah, it just wasn't his day. So um, yeah. all footy players have those. And, uh, yeah, he's got uh, Richmond at Adelaide Oval this week. So we'll see how he goes in that game. So, yeah. Cam? Yeah, so I, I cracked on in 2028, which unfortunately meant I lost you in our in our league. Come on. <laughs> which puts my ranking around 15,000. So highlights there was obviously Tom Green. Uh, the mid-price are paying off and Taranto's look good. Uh, uh, since fantasy open, he was my first pick. Everyone, everyone got on the Dunkley train, but I was always Taranto. But I mean, obviously, I had Dunkley and I captained him stupidly as well. But um, yeah, and and good old Cheezel there being my third highest scorer with 118 is pretty damn impressive. Bullets that I've got is Brown, I've got Whitfield I it, this week. So um, whether whether I go up or down from there, I was really impressed with Merritt copping that tag for the first half and then and then just really breaking it and dominating the second half. There's the Brayshaw fact that they've got a good draw to run with. Um, or I could go down and look at some of those guys that we've been talking about, the Horn Francis's, the Setterfields. Um, or I could go a bit left field and, and look at someone like Dylan Stevens, who I think that was, was really impressive in, in the game I watched. So there's there's I don't I don't mind a bit of a bit of a left field choice. So if on the Friday pod I, I mentioned on there, is anyone willing to go Goulden for the captain? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And if I'd done that, I would have had a better score because he outscored Dunkley. So, yeah. There you go. Uh, also, the AFL Fantasy Fanatics team, I started a team at the beginning of the preseason, uh, actually performed best out of all of us. Uh, so, basically, I pretty much took my team but took the risks out of it. Uh, and we scored a 2097, uh, which uh, um, had us ranked inside the top uh, 5,000. So if that's that's pretty much for those of you wanting to know where the top 5,000 is. So we're ranked 4710, and I got a 2097. So uh, so around about maybe 2090, something along those lines, would get you to around about in that top 5,000. But keep in mind, it's only round one. Um, I think Matty Mottram last year was ranked, I think it was 15,000 after round one. So uh, don't, don't be too concerned about where you're ranked after this rank. Uh, let's get into our questions before we wrap it up for the day um, or for this episode. Let me go across. Where are they all? Oh, hang on a sec. 
if if you just click on the little comment, the comment uh, logo yeah. on the bottom yeah. right, Tim, you'll be able to you better get. No, nah, I've got it, mate. I've got it. I've just um because I've got this old iPhone that I was running it off, uh, so it's just a little slow. But <laughs> um, so yeah, Tazai here said I had Sarong was watching him the whole game and he was getting attention. So yeah, it looked like that uh, Sarong was getting a bit more of a tag than maybe Brayshaw was. Um, Interesting. Yeah, maybe for those of you interested, watch that game back. Uh, yeah, from Jack, uh, Marshall bullied by Darson, shoulder complaint in the final moments and came off to assess. Watch for news. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about this comment. I have no idea where this comes from, but this is from Paul. Hey, Cameron, do you live near a train station? I'm impressed by the amount of trains you get on and off. <laughs> what the hell is that all about? I'm not sure, Paulie. <laughs> not sure. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. We'll, I think that's uh, just. We'll... A, I think it's just a bit of a joke there. I reckon. Moving on. Yeah. Inside <laughs> joke. All right. Uh, Marshall dropped four marks. The umpires hated him and should have had a shot and goal. Would have been a hundred plus. So maybe it was just a bit of a dud game from Marshall. Um, I mean, look. You know, probably what. Um, um, probably what Bars was saying about uh, dunks. You know, we certainly probably don't want to move on our primos too early. Uh, fun young couple. Nice. Uh, nice. Um, Tag there for I'll uh, um, handle on on Twitter. Um, Sheezel twenty twenty three rising star. He stays at halfback. Yeah, it certainly does look the case. He looked like Dacos. Um, uh, Bale said a number of times there. Well, these are mainly uh, statements rather than comments <laughs> questions. So uh, I might just jump ahead, uh, look ahead at what I'm reading. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty was a good score. Much better. Like a tackles. How Sam's Berry uh, Sam Berry's performance looked pretty. P- well, it was actually looked pretty poor from what I saw. Did anyone see Sam Berry's performance? Uh, I didn't because I hardly noticed him. Oh, so... yeah, yeah, that's right. You haven't watched, didn't watch most of that game. But what did he score in the end? 36. He was a... 36, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. CBA, so, yeah, he was, he was pretty terrible. And, and what do you have? One tackle or zero tackles? So that's, that's his game. The bloke averaged nearly 10 tackles a game last year, so... If if I own if I own Sam Berry, I would be trading this week. And the reason I would be is because it's different with the lad where we knew you know what you're gonna get with lad and you don't want to trade him because you're gonna want him at some point in the year, compared to a Sam Berry where you were getting him as that mid price that you were hoping to maybe make a bit of money if by some luck he was gonna average one hundred or one oh five and be a mid pricer, but when you've got your set of fields hundred K less going one twenty two, when you had a Tom Green not much more expensive when a one twenty eight, I think it's that would be something I'd definitely be moving Sam Berry on because I was just concerned that he wasn't going to get enough ball this year and to go along with the tackle consistently. And yeah, I'd be jumping off that train. Awesome. Awesome. Cam, what about you, mate? Yeah, no, I wouldn't be going anywhere near him now. He's a, he's a draft yeah, cool. person, not a, not a classic. Sure. Uh, good question for you, Bales. So this is from Jave, Jeeve. I apologise if I've got that wrong. Uh, trade Laird to a Tom Green or Setterfield to upgrade Cherry to a competent ruck or hold and figure Cherry somewhere else? Mate, would you be considering um, trading uh, Laird if you had Cherry and you needed to fix him up? So, so, that, so that, that, this is where it's a little bit more of a, uh, a debate because Laird's going to drop a lot of cash and you've got Cherry and you're going to need money from somewhere to get up. And there might be, if you've got a mid-pricer that failed and you want to play a rookie, I'd still prefer to do that. But if you were going and wanting to get Cherry up, uh, it is a play that you could go and get a Tom Green. 
um, type player. Um, but the one thing, if you do have a cherry, I, I wouldn't be ruling out that I'd, I would consider Goldie. Goldie could be an option now because he's just going to be the solo ruck now for 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 a fair while. It's probably going to be at least a couple of months because I don't know how long Cherry's out for. But he is a guy that that could potentially be an option. And and yeah, so that is just something to to maybe consider. But yeah, if you had to do it, I guess you could. So let's have a look what Goldie's six thirty four Goldie's priced at. So yeah, you could move not across that much a little bit sideways. Yeah. Yeah, but look, I mean, I think these are some of the questions that people are going to be asking themselves this week, right? Like whether we look at Dunks or a Laird and possibly trade them to fix up, you know, Cherries or maybe some other failed mid-prices. If you've got no one else to trade, I, I, I can definitely see where you could do it. Got a uh, question here from Lauren. Says she cracked the top 2,000. Great job, Lauren. Uh, Stuff, Lauren. Chandler. Is it worth getting him in for McV or the Pooh? McV, hundred percent. If you can, yeah, get him in for McV. McV is a key position defender. Um, so yeah, I'd be, I'd be moving on him. Um, obviously, wait for teams because Chandler could be, um, you know, under pressure for his spot. But I think he's going to be a bit rough to get dropped after that performance. Cam, yeah, I, watching that game, McV actually looked really good in the back line. But with the blokes they got coming back, he's he doesn't really have a chance of holding his spot unless uh, Salem. Salem doesn't get up this week. Yeah, yeah. All right, good question here from Jack. Dacos, Sicily, or Day to bring in? And we're also considering the price difference here. So, look, I mean, obviously Dacos played well. We're still a bit concerned about that attention. Sicily absolutely dominated, but there's, you know, a bit more, uh, bit, bit, bit more to pay there. Day, how did you see... How did you see his game? I mean, obviously it was a good game. Not as many CBAs as probably I would have liked to have seen, but uh, how, how did you see that? He was, he was very there? very impressive, Will Day. But if I was to rank those three, people, some, a lot of people out there are probably going to say you've got to get Dacos. I'm ranking Dacos third out of those guys. I'm ranking Will Day ahead of him because you can save the cash and the roles there for Will Day. And I'm going Sicily number one. Because from what he looked like and from what I expect will happen this year, I see him as a top six defender. So, And he's the, one of the cheaper ones of the guys I think will be in the top six. He's cheaper than Dawson, cheaper than um, Sinclair, cheaper than Doc, cheaper than all these guys. So Sicily for me is a guy I'd be looking at at getting in out of those three. I don't know if you guys got any differing thoughts. Uh, I agree. Uh, yeah, what? Going? I, I agree with you. Yeah, definitely. Sicily... They, they were just running the ball through him every time. He'd, he'd just run up the middle and demand it and they'd kick it to him for the easy plus six all game long. Even though they were getting smashed, he, he was the go-through. So, and, and I can't see that changing whilst um, he's skipper and I've got that young team. Um, yeah, he's definitely definitely the standout there. And like you say, the money you can save getting day. Um, so that's it's got to be the Sicily day, day cost ranking. Got it. All right, love it. Moving on, boys. Let's have a look. Uh, so DC just also made a, made a note there. Just wanted to let us know that Elon Musk and Twitter obviously hates him, and that's why he couldn't get on. But <laughs> we will we will have DC on another week and make sure that we get uh, hear from the man with the hat. Um, he also had a very good week, as I said. He had, he had all three of Sicily set a film oh, and uh, Tom Green. So, mate, that's. Actually, one thing that's worthwhile probably quickly mentioning, I noticed a lot of content creators had, you know, had bullets, big bullets. I think... Um, Holmes, he had Stuart. I know that. Yeah, yeah. Roy, I mean, Roy Mini had Monk Cherry. had the bloody, you know, the emergency Ingram. thing. Um, Roy had Cherry. Yep, yeah, so did... Was it one of the um, Bull Boys had Cherry as well? 
I'm Someone not I can't sure. remember. Look, sure I know there sure. was there was plenty of bullets going around, wasn't there? That's for sure. Yeah. Um, moving on for Caleb, right? Caleb had stew and jelly. Hang on. Where did – oh, my God, I lost. Yeah, had stew and jelly. Jelly is only out for one week. Can I keep him to fix a rook mid-price to Chandler? Well, with Kelly, because that's what I'm also looking at. So concussion, funny enough, is one of those things where they come back the following week and they don't normally play up to 100%. They, got, they take a week or two to get right back into the rhythm. So – I would be moving him, but what I may do is Holland's plays Thursday night. If you put him emergency, loop him, and if he goes like a 90 or 100 or whatever and gets a really good score, you can then think about fixing up the rookie, and then you can also keep Jelly for the following week. But I think if, if your emergency loop in the midfield fails, I think Kelly's a it's – a, it's a trade. It's, you, can get, you can get a big midfield or you can get on a Tom Green or something like that. So for me, it's a trade. Yeah, and I think it also maybe depends on the the state of your team as well. What else yeah. you've got there? What else you need to fix up? If, if you've, you've got, got most, of, yeah, if, go on. Stuart and Cherry. If you've got those two, then obviously you keep Kelly because he's going to be back in a week, whereas the other guy's going to be out a long, bit longer term. Yeah, yeah. Um, is Jelly just out for a week? Yes, twelve day concussion protocol. But as we've seen in past seasons. Sometimes players coming back from concussion don't have great games. So just be a little bit mindful of that. Um, that was from Jeff Brown. Got a question here from DWH. Do you reckon Bailey Humphrey will play next week? So I think they said he was a couple of weeks away yet, didn't he? Yeah, I did a, I did a write-up on um, Honeyball for uh, I saw the Humphrey news. And, yeah, the, the Gold Coast uh, head of physio said that he's still uh, a week or two away from training. So, yeah, he's still going to be about, about another fortnight away, I think. Yeah. All right. Nathan Sutton still out of plus six in the final 15 seconds to get his 100 score. So, yeah, once again, I don't know, maybe a dis- bit disappointing from some of our uh, primos. Uh, DWH I'd, says thoughts. Sorry, Gumballs. I was just going to say I'd be a lot happier with Steele than, than Roy Lynn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, DWH asks thoughts on Orland. I thought he was great. Job security an issue, but, um, but yeah. Uh, Cam? Yeah, if, you, if you've got to fill that role that you've got Cowan or Chester on the field, um, he, he, he'd be uh, a better option than those two. Uh, Uncle Deja asks what to do with Kelly. If you can, I think trade. Got to trade. Yeah, yeah. As I said, you you can maybe loop a Hollands and if he goes 100, you can maybe keep if you've got other issues. But if you've got no issues in your team and Kelly's the one, you just you trade because you can get a, a better player. Uh, question here from Mike H. <laughs> I have to trade Jelly. Do I trade McGrath out or hold so I can get a base rook up to Chandler? Again, as I said, you, you, you loop Hollands. If he scores well, you can trade McGrath. But uh, if uh, Hollands does poor, then you'd, you'd want to be trading Kelly. And if you don't have Hollands, you'd just be trading Kelly anyway, I think. Is, is McGrath someone we want to be getting off? Well, apparently he's got Gold Coast this week. So that could be quite a big game for, for McGrath. But yeah, the... It, it is one of those ones where you can probably move to someone that's a little bit better. Um, but I'd probably hold one more week because if he doesn't do what he needs to and Dacos goes out and gets another 90, then a McGrath a Dacos move, I think, would be quite popular for McGrath owners the week after, I think. Yeah. yeah. If, you, if you don't yeah. have Day, then McGrath a Day is an option for sure. Yep. Yeah. Well, how did, so we kind of touched on Day before, so he didn't quite get the CBAs. But what did, so was he playing more of a wing role or? Yeah, wing and wing, uh, wing slash midfield. He still had probably 
10 CBAs, 30, I think 30, it was. Yeah, about 30%, 30%, like, yeah. 30%, yeah. So he still had a decent amount in there, like, uh, but it was more wink. But he looked good, so. Yeah, cool. All right, Brisbane Bloods Fantasies, when can we make our trades? I'm noticing it's showing that we're um, unlocked, but we can't make trades. I don't know whether this – look, it's first round. It, it only might takes take, longer. Yeah, it might take Warnie a little while to finish all the calculations and enter all these numbers into a spreadsheet and upload them to the AFL Fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'm going to get better at jokes on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, okay, Brisbane Bloods again. My midfield is Lair, Mills, Bont, Sarong. Who do I trade for Green? My second trade is Stewart to either Dacos or Young. Out of those, Laird, Mills, Bont or Sarong? I'd be trading Sarong, I think. Um, what about yeah. you guys? Or actually, oh, yeah, you'd be trading Sarong, but I'll tell you what, if you've got Mills, I'd, I'd be very concerned with what his role is going to be looking like. Cam, I don't know what your thoughts are, but uh, but yeah, you were saying back with Mills before, but Mills, you can get to a Brayshaw, so that is tempting. Yeah, well, he, he had the cushy matchup against Gold Coast and didn't fully uh, take advantage of that, so is, is Mills the one there to pot? Because Sarong's obviously a bit cheaper, so he's probably got. And he's got the north, and he's got north as well this yep. week. So, yep. So, so definitely have a look at Mills for sure. Uh, Cade says, "Can I hold Jelly and Field Bytel? How did Bytel go? I think he got a seventy. I think so. He didn't do too bad. Uh, so Jack Bytel, so he scored a seven eighty three. Eighty three. So there you go. Not bad. So, yeah, again, when so that the question for that would be when does he play in round two? So he plays on the Saturday night game. So but because Josh Kelly does play the final game, if there's a way you can loop and if you're looking at an option after, so if you're looking at an option from if you're looking at Tom Green or holding him, you can definitely do that. But uh, but yeah, I'd I'd still if you don't have a good loop and they don't score well, I'd be trading Josh Kelly just because as we said, the concussion Thing you, you come back and you're not you're not great. So uh, Ryan Burns in St Kilda. So this is from Nathan Sutton. Scored a 94 with a break even a 55. Any interest there? Uh, who, so who so who scored that? Who right, Ryan. 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 Uh, 91k nah. midfielder forward. Mm. Now nah, he he's he's normally he's that fringe player that's been used as a sub for St Kilda plenty of times. So I I wouldn't be going near him personally. No. Look, this, is a, this last question, I think I might actually use this as our last question. I think it's a great question from Joshua Lord. Hollands to Chandler, do you think that's a fair trade? If Hollands gets dropped, it's easy, but I still, I still think Hollands has got good job security, and I think that he scored 44, looked better as the game went on, tough game, season opener in front of 90,000 people, was always going to be a tougher game, but they've got a couple of good games coming up. Um, in, on the horizon, Geelong this week's not as good, but I think they got the Crows, and I think they got like, might be like a North Melbourne or something the week after. They have got a couple of good games, so I don't know if I'd do. I'd get be getting rid of Hollands to be honest. Especially, I think it's got better job screw than Chandler. So if you can get rid of someone else, I'd be doing that. Cam? Yeah, Hollands was an interesting one because like I, I watched him quite closely in that Thursday night game, and like he. He, he, he travelled over 12 Ks that game. He, he definitely had the run. Most on the ground, game. yeah. I mean, yeah, he only hit 44, but he did he did get a couple of marks and a few tackles. The thing that happened to him quite a lot, and, and he'll pick it up as he goes, is he, he got his possession smothered quite a lot. And that just shows he's just getting used to the pace of the game. So 
if, if he can get rid of the ball a bit quicker and, and start racking up those possessions a bit easier, he, he will be in a reasonable pick. And I, I think they liked him because he I think he played 80-odd percent game time too. So, um, yeah, he's, I don't think he's one to jump off just yet. All right, boys. Well, that pretty much wraps up the questions. We've had a big, big uh, episode today. So uh, let's just get quick, just quick thoughts on trades this week, Bales. Or actually, let's start with Cam. Cam, where, what do you think your trade's going to be this week? Mate? Well, I've got to get rid of Whitfield. Um, 12-day concussion protocol is not good for my team because um, there's always a risk of a missing a second week. So whether that means Whitfield up to a Brayshaw or a Merritt or down to a to a Horn Francis or someone along those lines, just just a just to get a bit of cash. Um, uh, I got to wait and see what the Tanner Bruin situation is as well, because I think he could be on shady ground. But um, fingers crossed, he gets selected, and I've only got the one bullet, and then I can have a good play with my trades. All right, Bales, what about you, mate? So I'm just having a look here. So GWS, uh, 12 days from today is the following uh, Friday. So uh, that's, yeah, no play on the Saturday. So it, it does fall in line. So I'll be probably loopholing um, Hollands. And if he scores a 90 plus, I'll probably hold Jelly and maybe Goa. I am thinking like McGrath potentially. A good, good matchup, so maybe not. But McGrath up to Sicily is something I've looked at. Tom Powder to Zebel or or Tom Green or someone, something I've looked at as well. Um, but, yeah, more likely than not, it'll probably be Josh Kelly down to maybe a, a Setterfield-type player and or, or Tom Green and use that cash on top top of Tom Powder, maybe get up to a Cogs or something and, and lock that other forward in. So, sure up that forward line, I think. Sure. Well, for me, I think it might be something like a Josh Kelly and a Dom Sheed out for a Jack Zebel and a Will Setterfield. I will say, though, that I would want to get uh, Chandler in, but I've just got Pedler, uh, Fergus Green, and Philippou, and I've got Hollands and Alan Davies. So there's actually nowhere I can really realistically fit him unless I was to feel one of those rookies, which I'm not comfortable really with any of those guys, I don't think, on field. So it's going to be a bit harder, I think. All right. Well, we've got plenty of time between now and the uh, first game to figure it out and plenty of podcasts to listen to. So, uh, Cam, thanks for being on today, mate. Uh, good on you for your, uh, you know, your Twitter Spaces debut. You did a great job, plenty of research, watched all the games, mate. Uh, why don't you tell us while people can find you? Yeah, I'm on uh, on Twitter as Flying Higher eighty two. Um, yeah, looking to get involved a bit more. So it was it was good to to be a part of today. Thanks very much for getting me along. You're welcome, and maybe we can get the guys uh, listening. If you want to hear more of Cam, stick a comment down and convince us to have him, us, uh, him on again. Uh, Bales, mate, where can uh, thanks for your good work as always, mate. Um, plenty of content you've been pumping out over the last week as well. Uh, where can people find you? Thanks, mate. Yeah, I was able to push through today after um, my lead thing. I'll probably just have to have a few tissues and maybe have to watch a few highlights from Laird last year to, to get me back in the mood again. So, but he'll be rage traded. He'll be rage traded tonight. Um, I've got to send a message. You can't, can't dish up a 57 regardless. So, uh, but you can find me at Bales DT and also uh, as always on next Friday, uh, we'll be doing the lockout Twitter space as usual. So if you want to jump on there as well, um, tune in there and, and also the watch alongs on Friday and Saturday night. So make sure you tune into those on YouTube at truly Bales HD. Awesome. And uh, you can find me, uh, Fantasy Footy Stuff, on Twitter at TimGuestAU, Money Stuff at uh, TimGuestAU on any of the other social pipes. Um, thanks a lot for uh, tuning in to our first ever uh, round, our Full Fantasy Fanatics round review. 
Hope you guys have a great week. And remember to tune in next week at 4.30 p.m. Actually, well, it'll be just after the last game. We'll check what time it is and, and let everyone know. But have a great week and uh, we'll see you all then. See ya. See ya.